had been subtly changed in the last twenty years by Prince Paolo. Where his ancestors had despised the stock exchange as being full of dubious characters of low birth and harebrained projects, the prince had decided that it was the only way for a wealthy family to prosper in the modern world. Unfortunately, he had entered into this new world with more enthusiasm than flair. He had invested a great deal of money into Microsoft companies that were all prospectus and no funds, and into the firms created by the privatisation of the British railways, having always been an Anglophile by inclination. It was two weeks after the declared bankruptcy of Railtrack that the Prince sat at table with coffee and brandy and entertained thoughts of the most gloomy. If I sell a picture, he said to Silvio, his butler, with whom he had in truth more in common than with any of his family, it will have to be a good one. That would be sad, sir, murmured Silvio. Sell one of the lesser ones, and it would only bring in a few million lira. Tide me over for a few months, and that would be all. On the other hand, sell one of the good ones, sir, and it would make the collection much less interesting were you ever to decide to open it to the paying public, said Silvio, making a judicious exit. The prince's mind ticked over slowly. But a minute or two later he said aloud, What a peach of an idea! He could open the galleries separately, so there would be no vulgar intrusion on the family part of the palace and he would charge twelve or fifteen thousand lira admission. What would that be in euros? And prepare a lavish and glossy guidebook himself, free of the doubts and condescensions of the professional art historians. The Doria Pamphili family had been doing it for years, and the tourists flocked to their undesirably placed palace at the bottom of the Via del Corso. Opening a gallery would mean that he could keep all his pictures and create a regular and continuing source of income. It was a brilliant, brilliant idea. It was characteristic of the prince, who was not optimistic by nature, except in his gambling and his share dealings, that by the time Silvio returned for the coffee cups, he had spotted a snag. That idea about opening the gallery to the public, he said, Sir, the Doria Pamphili do, and they pull in the masses, but they've got one marvellous picture. The Valesquez of Innocent the Tenth, sir? Quite. That's it. I knew you'd remember. One of the greatest portraits ever painted, they say, and popularised by that English Johnny. Bacon, sir. Francis Bacon. I knew the name was familiar. Well, the truth is... Good though our collection is, we haven't got anything of absolutely first-class standard. Not anything that would stand out and bring in the hoi polloi. Silvio coughed. Aren't you forgetting the Van Dyke, sir? Since, in fiction, only brilliant ideas, rather unrealistically, seem to emanate from butlers, it is only fair, since the prince in the preparations for opening always referred to the idea as his own, to underline that it was the butler at the Palazzo Cenci Corombona who bore the responsibility for originating this particular 
brilliant wheeze. The suggestion of Silvio certainly presented the prince with problems, both of a familial and a practical nature. Would the exhibition of that particular picture, remarkable though it was, rebound to the credit of the family, or, more importantly, attract visitors to the gallery? The elevation of Cardinal Aldo Cenci Corombona to the papacy in 1623 represented a distinct deviation from the family's traditional avoidance of positions of prominence that demanded integrity, public scrutiny, or hard work. His surprising promotion arose from a situation familiar to those choosing the winner of the Booker Prize or the next leader of the Conservative Party. In the conclave to choose a successor to Pope Gregory XV, there were two brilliant candidates, both with...